What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Free and Flowing with Dwayne Atkins. I'm your co-host, Clay. And today, Dwayne, we got a special guest in the studio. Um, first and foremost, Dwayne, I got to ask, man, how are you? Dude, I do. What the fuck happened at the Capitol? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? But, you know, we'll get into that. Get into yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So as, as Dwayne mentioned, uh, we're going to get into the Capitol. We're going to get into the Georgia runoffs uh, impeachment. Oh, yeah. He's impeached again, Dwayne. Got his ass again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And then we got a little bit of a um, change.org petition we want to talk about to close the show um, following our talk on impeachment. But first and foremost, everybody, um, Dwayne, I'd like to introduce one of my good friends, one of my best friends here at law school. He's a third year student currently getting his master's of public at public policy at Duke University. Oh, wow. So Freddie Serrano. Freddie, how are you, pal? Hey, it's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Thank man. you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Freddie, so what's first off, what's your reaction throughout everything that's happened last week? A lot to digest. You know, um, I saw a few memes <laughs> on social media lately uh, that were like, oh boy, we were totally expecting this because in a way we kind of were. And and that's that speaks to where we are as a country and it's kind of a little unfortunate that we were kind of expecting that you know a riot and a mob would break out in our very own U.S. Capitol which is supposed to be one of the most heavily guarded areas in the United States like it, it there's I'm shocked but I'm not surprised and I feel like that's the uh, stance of many people that's how many people view it um, and I, I wish it didn't get to this, but honestly, uh, we are in unprecedented times. We have a president who has now twice been impeached, uh, the first to be impeached more than once ever in history. So this man wanted to go into the history books. He definitely will. Uh, and, you know, we also have a president who literally incited violence, insurrection, sedition. It is insane. Yeah. It, it really is. So, Dwayne, I, I know from your point of view, as someone who is looking at this not with a legal background, someone who's just looking at this as a citizen with an interest in public administration and local government, well, I mean, what was it like seeing these people, like in your view, just invade this this local government building or this national government building? Our tax dollars are going to go to repairing that. Exactly. So my first reaction is like are you fucking serious that was my first reaction like dude are you are you fucking serious right now and so i mean i had cnn the whole you know cnn different news outlets playing the whole day and i was like and it's just, it just kept it kept easing up to it and easing up to it and i was just like they're really not gonna just like bombard the damn united states capital like they are they and so um I, dude, I was just like, this just can't be fucking serious. Like it just, and then the chance that I was hearing is like, we want our freedom, but I'm like, you already are free enough to stand on Capitol grounds, bombard the Capitol, go past Capitol police, and then go into the Senate floor, the House floor, and all that. Like, what kind of freedom? What freedoms don't you have? It, so it, <laughs> that's why. For, for me, it was very interesting because. I remember watching C-SPAN that day and just seeing the, the Senate and the House in session during a joint session, voting going on, speeches going on to certify the election. And then all of a sudden it just, it became silent. 
and you saw the speaker of the house presiding at the time, you just saw the, the fear in his eyes, but you didn't know why. And I, I don't know what was, I don't know why, but I just thought, let me see if there's any video from outside the Capitol. Hmm. And little did you know, there's this, this massive mob running at the building. And to, it was not, it was something I've never seen before that these people, I consider them to be domestic terrorists, some of them in yeah. the acts they were committing. For yeah. sure. What do you think, Freddie? Um, so I think they absolutely, I agree with you, Clay. Uh, they are domestic terrorists. There's no way to put, um, to, to mince words here. Um, and, and the sad part is you, you have to go back a little bit in, in time to, I'd say 2010 was kind of the turning point of, you know, the events leading up to this. You had the Tea Party or the Freedom mm -hmm. Caucus, uh, where, you know, people were very anti-Obama anti-big government. And I had a political science professor at UNC Greensboro. He was like, the Republicans want the government limited. The Freedom Caucus wants the government dead. Hmm. And I thought that was true until I saw who, um, these, who, who, who this Freedom Caucus ended up backing at 2016 prime, uh, the 2016 Republican primary. And that was Donald J. Trump. Wow. So what they did, what they wanted was a small or dead government under Obama administration. What happened when Trump was elected, all bets were off. They didn't care yeah. how big they wanted law and order. They wanted to increase government. They wanted to uh, do policy or, or implement policies that they thought they benefited off of. And this, this being the freedom fighters and excuse me, the Tea Party movement, the Freedom Caucus that you're saying. Exactly, exactly. And it, it just grew from there and, and it continued to to uh, they continue to uh, create this like resentment, anger, fear uh, amongst people, at least on the Republican wing of politics or at least on the uh, right wing of politics. You know, one thing I've heard floating around is that some people, and I think you even alluded to at the beginning, and Dwayne, I, I don't know if you, I believe you touched on it a little bit, is neither, we weren't surprised that this happened. Um, Dwayne, were there anything that you heard leading up to those days that might have been a surprise or kind of surprised you that happened? Oh, well, just seeing like Twitter posts and people saying like January 6th is going to be the new Freedom Day. It's going to be a new Independence Day. So I was like, I, I was like, yeah, I mean, they probably can do something like that. But I thought it was just people just like just trying to stir the pot and get people like amped up and like, yeah, we're going to create our own Independence Day. We're upset about the election results. We believe the election was stolen, which it wasn't stolen. Um, and so we want our country back, which you already have the country. Um, you've always had the country. Um, and so I was just, I kind of, I, I looked at that date and I started telling people, I was like, yeah, January 6th, I was like, they're going to go to the Capitol, they're going to be in DC. Um, this shit might get crazy. I was telling my wife about it. And then <laughs> she, she doesn't follow politics like that and like current events and stuff. And then she's just like, wait, what happened? I was like, yeah, January 6th, like today, like it, it, it went down and stuff. So just seeing the Twitter post, seeing, um, the uh, uh, President Trump or um, 45, whatever you want to call him, um, just seeing the, um, the message that he was sending, um, it was just, I don't know, it was, it, it's kind of an outrage to me um, when you see people question democracy, democracy like that. Um, not gonna lie, 2016, I was like, 
all the Russians they hacked into the election. And, you know, that's how it happened. But I still had to let democracy do its thing. And I said, well, if this, if this is the person that won the electoral college, this is gonna be a president that, you know, at least for the next four years. I wasn't in DC. I wasn't storming the Capitol. Um, one thing I, I will say this though, and I have a, I had a point I was making to my wife and I was just like, if I'm the president and I feel like something was taken away from me, I'm gonna be the first person down there marching. Mm -hmm. And then to me, it's like, so you have these group of people and I'm like, well, where's the person you're marching for? Like, I don't want, I'm not gonna march for you. I'm gonna march with you. Yeah, for sure. And so it's just a different spin. It's like, well, I'll send my attack dolls, which you notice this is the, the um, strategy that uh, President Trump used. It was like, I'm not gonna be caught throwing a rock. I'm gonna get you to throw the rock so I don't get in trouble. Um, so he got these people riled up and now people are dead. People have lost their livelihoods, people's jobs, people's reputation and the electoral college is still going forward. So we are gonna march down to Pennsylvania Avenue and we are gonna fight and then the words, we are, you got to fight like hell. Where in that language, I don't care who you tell to peacefully protest, where is the peace in that language? And that's what got me in that situation. I didn't feel like those individuals were going after their freedom or they were fighting for a cause that was winnable. I don't think they were trying to put even the representatives on notice in a peaceful manner. You had individuals who were caught with similar everyday household items, zip ties yeah. that are, that, that are used, <laughs> that were gonna be used to take hostages. That is a potential reason why they were there. That is the theory that has been thrown around the media that that is why they had it. Um, honestly, there's no reports of individuals who claim to be wanting to do that. But why else do you have zip ties for a peaceful protest? And armed gear, armed militia groups went to the Capitol under the notion of freedom in their, their eyes and then destroyed property. Yep. That wasn't peaceful. And it's something that I think is going to be a very dark dark memory for a very long time in this country oh yeah right. you know, as, a person, as a person of color you've seen similar actions at the capitol and it shut down immediately immediately oh the preemptive measures were insane if it had been a group in my opinion of black and brown protesters absolutely the military the, the police would have been militarized and set up in riot gear waiting for that mob to get there and, and we do have to acknowledge that there is a report that the DC mayor did not want federal troops there. She did not. But we need to acknowledge that the, the basis that she knew was that it was supposed to be peaceful and what she had was a president come out and tell his supporters to fight like hell. That's just no, that was unacceptable. Freddie, um, what, what were you going to say? You yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was about to say, uh, um, unfortunately, we, we don't have to make this into a hypothetical of what if they were brown or black. 
you saw over the summer what happened at DC when the president wanted a photo op in front of a church. What uh, law enforcement and other officials did uh, to peaceful protesters. I think that's the keyword, peaceful protesters, people that were fighting for a cause of police brutality and accountability within our law enforcement. And that's how uh, law, that's how officials responded to uh, those peaceful protesters was to throw tear gas, to wear riot gear, to look like they're about to go to war on their own citizens. And I just don't think that's right. Whereas you have a mob, a white mob or a majority white mob that storms the Capitol, which is supposed to be like our very, our strongest branch since it's the most representative of the people. Mm. Like that's insane to me. You know, another thing that when looking at the situation, it's totality, the, the, the thing that really caught me off guard from the other side and the other side being the right leaning conservatives in Congress and, and a lot of a lot of right-leaning media and even friends of mine who lean right. The argument was always made when we were talking about the event that not always I've heard it mentioned is that what about the what about the Black Lives Matter riots? The words they used and when they were the words they used were riots or what about the protests that resulted in looting and mass damage? My frustration is it's if you're having to compare an event that you believe is wrong and then you're using that event to ju not justify but to oppose to, to signify hypocrisy in the argument as saying well you guys this might have been wrong but why weren't you in up in arms about the Black Lives Matter group that doesn't matter it doesn't even if everything they're saying is correct in my opinion even if you are saying it's unjust and maybe if that is if that's what you believe that doesn't justify anything that happened at the Capitol. No matter what you believe, it does not justify. And it's not a rebuttal to say that, oh, what about this event? You guys weren't up in arms there. It's The difference is Black Lives Matter were going after, as Freddie said, police brutality. There was looting, but I challenge you to look at the looters. Mm -hmm. Were those Black individuals majority? And if they were, how many were wearing Black Lives Matter gear? I, I failed. To, I watched some on-scene videos from on-scene reporters on YouTube through Blaze TV, which mm -hmm. I'm not endorsing them one bit. That is, I don't recommend checking them out, but I saw a video that was sent to me and I didn't see any Black Lives Matter gear on them. So that argument to me falls short on many levels, but the fact that someone needs to try to expose hypocrisy to justify, to try to justify an assault on our capital to me shows that they already know they're wrong. So they're going to try to distract you by telling you that, oh, what about these marches that were that may have had some violence there? It doesn't matter. It's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think looking at the so you're looking at the Capitol. To me, that's a that's a neutral zone. That's a federal building. I mean, I don't condone any rioting or looting or anything like that. But you're looking at the Capitol, which is a you know it's a federal building. It's a neutral building. It represents you know, the nation, um, that's where legislation happens. And so the, you know, going back to what you're saying about the, you know, the Black Lives Matter, I like to say um, unrest or demonstrations. Um, so when you have those events, 
um, again, it goes to police brutality and police accountability. And I, I do believe when people are feeling emotion, they can't act out and it can become physical. Now, had these terrorists on January 6th went to a building or an area that was not neutral kind of, and then maybe, you know, think maybe if they were in their vicinity or their area and then, and then they were um, involved in a counter protest and then I can understand maybe some emotion there, but there was nothing in that capital that made, that should have had you direct that anger towards the capital. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it just, there's no rebuttal for it. You have to have accountability. And I think since 2016, January, 2016, there's been no accountability from um, the president of the United States. And so all his followers, all of his believers, all of his Trump, Trumpists, um, they don't have to have accountability. It's like, I'm pissed off. Um, I'll do what the hell I want to do. But when you do what the hell you want to do, you, that, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And so again, it goes to more of my outrage where it's like, you know, if I put the shoe on, it's an issue, but if you wear the shoe, it's like, well, it's, it's not a problem, you know? Um, and you know, there just has to be accountability. And I think I was glad to hear some of the um, responses to the incidents. Um, example, Lindsey Lindsey Graham, when he was on the um, on the Senate floor doing his confirmation, he said some words that I, I mean, I haven't heard, heard him talk like that in in a while. You know, probably in you know probably in 2016. Him, him and Trump were going at it, but then he started to kind of bow down to him a little bit, <laughs> become submissive. But he, you know, he brought up some good points. Um, what, what was um, the points? Basically, he said the election is, is fair. It, it, it is just. And he said, you know, he didn't want Joe Biden to win, but he's going to support Joe Biden. And that's the attitude you need to have. When Trump won the presidency, now he was not the person that I wanted to win the presidency. Um, but I supported the fact that he was president. Um, and so that's just where I am is just, you just have to accept, you have to have accountability. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, Fred, um, Fred Dwayne, I, I wanna talk a little bit about where, where do we go from here? And so Georgia had the runoff okay. and let's talk about that a little bit. We had two Democrats that won, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. And now, now the Senate is fully with the Democrats. Freddie, I mean, What's next, man? Where is this country going legislatively, do you think? Yeah, so personally, I was very happy. Uh, full disclosure for the audience, I am a registered Democrat. Uh, I have yet, since 2014, when I first voted, uh, have yet to vote for a Republican. Um, that's not saying I won't if, if you know, there's a decent-minded Republican who I agree with most policies with. Of course, you know, that's that's how politics works. You're, it's okay to change your mind. Mm -hmm. That said, um, I have voted Democrats since, and to see do, two Democrats win in what was once known as a deep red state, a state where it was a surefire win for any Republican running, um, you know, it's it's very surprising and it's a pleasant surprise. Um, you look at some of Georgia's history, it was kind of the the epitome of what it was to be in the South. Uh, you had, but of course people would argue and talk about, you know, you had Georgia and you had Atlanta. That was the same. 
Like you had Georgia and you had Atlanta because they were two different places, uh, very different politics. Uh, but I thought it was um, quite, quite a surprise to see uh, two Democrats for the first time win. And not only win, but they won in a runoff, which has traditionally went in favor of Republicans in that state. Um, of course, on top of the November one for Joe Biden. So, you know, you, you, you were seeing a lot of change in this one state uh, that's, you know, something to be, if you're, of course, on the Democratic side, something to be very excited about, but also something that you need to understand if you're someone like a political strategist, whether it be on the Democrats or Republican side, and understand how you move forward uh, with policies, with your candidates. Um, for example, in 2018, uh, Brian Kemp put a commercial about how big his truck was in order to uh, round up all these illegal immigrants and send them back. Um, and quite frankly, that kind of rhetoric will not work anymore in Georgia, not in the slightest. It's a very changing state. Um, and moving forward, I think it's gonna go more like Virginia where every year it becomes bluer and bluer than it will like North Carolina where we had one year where it went blue and then kind of went back to being red. Gotcha, gotcha. Dwayne, um, when you were watching the runoffs, what what stood out to you? Were you surprised that either Raphael Warnock or John Ossoff won? I'll be honest, I was surprised. Um, uh, going back to Freddie's point, you know, when there is a runoff, it normally goes um, the other, you know, the other way, or you know, um, why, why is it? Why is that? Do you think? Um, I think, I think more people come out. Um, you know, to get that point across, I think more voters come out just to, you know, solidify the vote. Um, I do believe with, because it looks like Biden will have the House and the Senate. Sure. Um, and so I think looking at that, um, he'll have at least two, if I'm not mistaken, per my research, he'll have the next election will be in two, two years. So we have at least two years to kind of get some legislation going. I think some focal points will probably be immigration. Um, I think you'll have two years to kind of bring the the right where the motion we were going towards the right to kind of bring the country back, maybe maybe to the middle. I, I do believe Biden is more of a uh, moderate. So um, but I think he'll have some work to do. You know, the biggest thing is socially. That's the first thing, socially and the pandemic, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, focusing on immigration. Um, and then, you know, foreign relations as well. So, um, yeah, but, you know, going back to your point, I'm, for me, I mean, I was surprised. I, I mean, I was surprised. Um, I, I was thinking North Carolina was going to go blue. Um, but to see Georgia go blue, I was like, damn, like, wow. I was not aware of the changes that Georgia was, you know, was going through. Because I don't think Georgia had been blue since Carter. I mean, I might be making that up. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the last time I think Georgia went blue was uh, Clinton's first term. In oh, Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I went far too, too far back. Yeah, so. Hey, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But that, that's where I am. I'm, I was surprised, um, you know, but I, I just, to me, it's just there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done. So when I'm looking at the numbers right now, I, I know – Warnock, 50.9% to 41.1% Kelly Loeffler. For me, when I watched that debate, Raphael Warnock definitely had to defend his record. He has been on record 
he has been on record saying you cannot serve the military and God. Now, the sermon, I have not hold, heard, heard the whole sermon, but in a very red, traditionally red state as Georgia with a military presence, I didn't believe that would go over well. And when you had certain statements in the past made about, about other countries' leaders that were traditionally socialist ideals, especially in the world we're in now, guys, where socialist is like the negative word. I, I did not know how Georgia voters would have responded to that. And Kelly Loeffler during the, the debate was a robot. She repeated the same talking points. You could tell she very much ran into traditional Republican talking points, traditionally calling Warnock a communist or, excuse me, a socialist, radical leftist socialist, Raphael Warnock. Yeah. But this, this man, he's a pastor of a church who's he served people his whole life. Do I agree with everything he says politically? No, but do I have faith that he will be able to be a successful Senator for the people that he, for his constituents? Yes, I do. The one that really shocked me, Dwayne and Freddie was John Ozoff. I didn't see that coming. John Ozoff, David Perdue didn't even show up to the debate. Damn. John Ozoff debated on Hulu live himself. He just just destroyed Purdue because Purdue didn't even show up. And that was his strongest point. And Ozoff got, he won the, he won the black vote. He won the Latinx vote. And that's not, they, they weren't expecting that turnout. People like Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams who, oh has just come out and done magnificent work in Georgia with voter turnout. Simply outstanding. And that that's chosen Ozoff's win, in my opinion, because Purdue was a heavy favorite. Yes. And shout out to Stacey Abrams, man. She, um, I just read one of her books. I just read it over the um, winter break. And, um, you know, she didn't win the, the governor's race, but it didn't stop her from, you know, keeping her mojo going. And she is just, she's on fire, man. Like, she was even talking about she don't even have really like a personal life. Like she's so dedicated to her business and just being successful and the success of just different leaders and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely shout out to her. And and I think she's starting a movement. It's like, well, shit, if you won't let me in, you I, that won't stop me from letting somebody else in. So um, you know, she's definitely changing the game. Um, yeah, interested to see what you know how Georgia's gonna be going forward. I do believe that. Um, you know, we're looking at a moment, but we also have to look and see, you know, what are they going to be the counteracts? Um, because, you know, when Trump won, then you had a lot of um, women and minorities um, um, you know, going for like local office and, you know, you know, especially like with AOC um, in New York. So I'm, I'm curious to see like, how is this going to change? Like, where are we going to see the shift in politics? Where are we going to see some of these positions change as far as like local state and federal government so that's one thing that i'm looking at yeah no that's something that i hear a lot about um people uh mentioning how like they have never paid more attention in politics than during trump's four years like they knew who the education secretary was they knew who the attorney generals were they knew everything about politics and it kind of got them really fired up to go vote. Uh, the day after Trump got elected, these groups like uh, 
advocates like Stacey Abrams and Lucha in Arizona hit the ground running. And they were like, we need you to turn out because in 2020, we cannot have another Trump presidency. And they were successful in across the nation. Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Democratic Party uh, made sure to prepare in case there was a huge influx of Trump voters. And we saw in Wisconsin, there was. Biden only won that state by about 20,000 votes. Uh, but they came prepared. Everyone, all the people on the ground made sure uh, to get people out to vote. And quite frankly, I don't know what's going to happen after this since Trump is not on the ticket. And Trump seems to be one of the more uh, divisive candidates. You either really love him and are will storm the Capitol for him <laughs> or you absolutely despise him and will go out to vote to make sure he doesn't get another term in office. So I'm really interested to see what politics will look like in a post-Trump era. You, you know, you, you saw a lot in this era where it there wasn't, there's one side that was fighting for a party identity of the Democratic Party. And then you had another side that was jumping to almost, I felt like a Hollywood movie style of radical, radicalism. Whereas the words that were mentioned in the public forum by our president, I would never expect that. The most unprofessional, un <laughs> baseless, unsupported statements made on a public forum I have ever heard. And a lot of people, not a lot of people, excuse me, I have seen, I've talked to people that said they voted for Trump because he wasn't like, like the politicians of the past. And I do believe that means something. I believe people were curious of what it would be like to have a non-politician, non-system person. But I think that that's the same danger we fell in, where we put our trust in a man who may not have been with the system. And maybe one day we do have someone who is not a career politician that gets president. But I don't think Donald Trump was the right one. I don't think he was the one that we needed at the time that we had him elected. And I think the Trump era behind us is better and we can move on as a country. Now the Republican party, I don't know where they go from here. Uh, I am a former Republican. I'm, I'm now a registered independent, voted for Joe Biden and voted predominantly Democrat this time during this election season. And I think it's now gonna be a time of re recreation for the Republican party. And I'm curious to see what happens in the years to come, but it's going to be a while before they have my attention again. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the future of the Republican Party, Clay. Um, I do think there will be a Republican Party in the future. I just hope and pray that it does not look like the Republican Party that we've seen these past four <laughs> years. Good phrase for it, the Republican Party. That's very good. That's good. Good work. <laughs> and 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 like I tell all my conservative-minded friends, I don't have an issue with people who are conservatively minded. It's it's okay to bring those ideas to the table uh, because sometimes we do need, you know, the, the markets to figure out certain solutions. Sometimes we need government to intervene. But at the end of the day, it's being able to foster those discussions and figure out a solution. We have gotten to the point where. Uh, a certain faction in the Republican Party won't even agree to the same set of facts. And if we can't agree to the same set of facts, we can't identify the issues that are currently 
uh, arising in you know our democracy. Uh, so it, I think the Republican Party as it stands now uh, will cease to exist mm -hmm. if they don't change that platform, if they don't change, you know, moving on from Trump and going back to uh, their more conservative principles. But only time will tell. Um, quite frankly, I think the Republican Party is definitely at a crossroads, but we will just have to wait and see. I think their best bet is to um, look at the, go back to the playbook of 2016. Um, for them, it worked to have somebody polarizing. Now, this next person, like what area they come from, um, probably want to get somebody with more experience. Um, somebody just, you know, jump right into public service, like the highest public office, like off the street, right into public office. Um, but I think people like going to the points that you made, people just wanted somebody different. Um, it's like, oh, we want the country to be ran like a business. Um, but in mind you, the, comp the economy was on like an upswing. So, um, for whoever won, you really just need to come in and just make sure things continue to grow, make sure the economy, economy continues to grow. I mean, I was in, let me be careful how I say this. I did take notice, I was gonna say I was impressed. I did take notice how um, Donald Trump was not, I was just thinking, I was just certain he was, we were gonna go to war, but I did take notice how he wasn't ready to just go to war with anybody, but he you know, definitely stood his ground. Um, I think that did help. There was no point in going into any, any senseless war. So um, yeah, we'll see, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think the party is done. I don't think the party's over with. I just think the focus needs to be not so much as these specific policy issues. If, if, you, if you hear, you know, conservatives, Republicans talk, it's a lot about, you know, death penalty, abortion and all this. And so like, it just drives the party. And it's like, if you don't believe these things, you can't be a part of that party, which you have other parties where it's like, you can have, you can have different thoughts, um, but you know, just, you're still a part of this party, but there's like, it's so specific that you're gonna, you're gonna lose and gain people as well. And so, um, Anyway, but you know, I, you know, I don't think the party is going anywhere. It's just it's transforming all these hybrid groups and stuff like that. It just, I think it just kind of disrupts the progress. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you talk about you know we talked about where the Republican Party is going. We talked about everything that has happened. It's definitely been a tough week. Or everything that's happened this past week in reference to um, what happened in the Capitol. The election was certified, and I think that was a great victory for democracy. That was a great victory for our country, for those congressmen and women to come together and still certify that vote at one o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Um, that was huge, and I'm glad to see that it was able to be done. So from here forward, it's going to be tough. I think there's a lot of healing the country needs to take on and that's going to be seen through a lot of political discussion a lot of social in our communities it's going to take a lot of discussion and a lot of working together but as Americans I believe that we're strong in that progress is needed and I believe under this administration there's at least a glimpse of hope there's at least a strong glare that or excuse me a strong possibility of hope in moving forward from this and it hasn't been easy. It's going to have some bumps, but I, I believe, I believe in America. And I, and I think, man, I, and guys, I think we're, 
we're definitely in the right direction. Certifying the election, the, the inauguration is going to be big, seeing the change of power peacefully. Now, before we go, I want to talk about one quick one thing, uh, the change.org petition. And then I want to talk about something fun, guys. You know, we've been we've been kind of we've been tackling some hard subjects. But before we go, let's mm-hmm. have a little bit more fun. So, Dwayne, I know you you shared a petition with me this uh, this week. Tell me about that a little bit. Change.org. Oh, yeah. Change.org. Are y'all familiar with Change.org? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know y'all. As legal professionals, I know y'all are. But that that email came in um, for uh, Senator Hawley, I believe, out of Missouri. And um, there was a picture that I saw of him, like, holding up the, uh, I like to call it a black power fist to the 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 rioters before they got into the Capitol, kind of like, you know, y'all hang tight, you know, you, you know, you know, kind of giving them the signal, like, yeah, you know, make it happen. And so people, you know, started petitioning and it's, and it's doing pretty well um, for him to be, to for him to resign as Senator for Missouri. And he's even being looked at as um, a potential presidential candidate. Um, and so the issue I had is that's that, you know, him kind of sparking that, that um, attitude and those demonstrations and those you know terroristic acts um, on the Capitol, and he was one of the first ones to reject the ele- electoral college uh, results. So um, you just you know I just think he's just just not making the best decisions already, and so I think he just needs to resign. Um, that's where I'm at with that. You know I'm not from Missouri, but I encourage those. <laughs> In Missouri, you know, definitely call, talk, you know, get that resignation going. So, um, but I was, you know, I was just pissed because here you got this clean cut white boy, you know what I'm saying, putting up the black power. I felt like you don't even know what that fist, you know, six um, means. Even Trump did it too. I was like, dude, y'all a piece of shit. Like, you don't know what that fist means. You don't know, you know, the history behind it and stuff like that and where it comes from and stuff. So I was, just like, yeah, this cat got to go. So, yeah, change.org. Um, if you want to sign that petition, Senator Hawley, get his ass out of there. That's how I feel about that. All right. Well, before we go, guys, you know, I know we've, we've tackled the tough subjects, man. Let's let's talk about something else, guys. So, man, let's keep, we'll keep it political. I know this, we're very political theme today, and that's, that's what we're about here, free and flowing. You know, we like to tackle the hard issues. We like to talk, get our talk about our feelings in reference to what's going on in the world. But man, let me tell you something that's been going on in the world. Donald Trump is off all social media. Oh man. yes. <laughs> yo, I, was like, I was like, why is it so quiet? I was like, yo, I was like, and then he's not, he's not on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, YouTube was like one of the last ones to to um, ban him, but he didn't have a YouTube channel. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, YouTube. I think YouTube just did theirs today or yesterday or something like that. So it it feels good not to have his thoughts and and in the airways. It just feels good. Man, it feels good. I don't yeah. think I don't think a city president should have social media. It can compromise national security. There's just so many issues with that. Like to me, you should be so busy. Like you don't have time to be damn texting and tweeting and Facebook messaging. Like. You need to be working. So that's how I feel about that. But I'm excited his ass is off of Twitter. Not gonna lie, I have Googled his Twitter a couple of times. Just like, what, what is this cat talking about now? Um, but yeah, it, it's good to have him off um, 
Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. So good job, Twitter. And good job, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I heard about the uh the Twitter ban uh through the news, not so much through social media. Um, I actually went ahead and it's kind of a New Year's resolution, but resolutions always tend to fail. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I deleted um, all social media with the oh, exception wow. of Snapchat from my phone. And I have once a week, I visit the, the website on my computer. Wow, that's that's tough, and, man. I, I don't know if I can do that. And it's, it's, it's actually pretty great because when you're, you go off for a week, just cold turkey, you go back and you realize, wow, this is toxic as hell. <laughs> like everything in social media well instagram is fun but facebook especially it's just toxic so much politics and then so many people like making really toxic comments on everybody's people's posts. angry man yeah everybody yep and and you see people that really I'm angry <laughs> it, it, it's it's really a uh it, it was a tool meant to get people together and i feel like it's separating people more and more instead of it so it's doing the opposite effect of what it was intended to do see that's why i hang out on the law school t14 meme page dude the greatest memes you've ever seen are on that page for law students man and and other people it's a public group so anybody can join it's wild man i definitely recommend you guys i definitely recommend you checking it out if you haven't already i cannot i cannot confirm nor deny my involvement with the, or affiliation with that group <laughs> right. um but yeah I, I i see what y'all are saying I, I i personally man i'm gonna have to i don't like them taking them off twitter i don't like them taking off social media mm. most politicians they have somebody on their communication staff that does it for them and i always feel like trump just went to the local high school went to the local high school and just got the best shit talker and was like you're my secretary of twitter and but it's not it's not a high schooler it's trump and for me I like social media as a tool, but I don't think that he obviously used it in an effective way. I think he used it in a very divisive, anger, angry and unprofessional way. Yep. But I also, and let's just get it off. Let's get it off the table. They're more than welcome to ban him. They're allowed, they're legally allowed to take him off whatever platforms they want. They're constitutionally allowed to. He's the government. You're protected by the government. They can't silence your free speech, right? Or a state. But a private company can do whatever they want. And so I don't like the fact that the communication can now almost go underground. Let's say we had four more years of Trump. Damn, that's a good point. We had four more years of Trump. And let's say they banned him on Twitter. They banned him on Facebook. The election got overturned. The rhetoric that was public and that could be debunked in a formal way and had documented proof that it was being used, such as a Twitter post that you could copy, um, paste, you could put on a TV screen, you could see it with your own eyes, and could be debunked by anyone who was reasonable. Now... The communication can be distorted. However, these far-right groups want to distort it. The, there is no public forum for that viewpoint to be brought up. I'm Because I, I do believe it's a slippery path. I don't believe in silencing conservatives. But I do believe there should be dialogue that debunks what someone says, and they have to face the music when they make a statement. Hell, I might have to face some music when I make some statements on here. I, I'm looking forward to that. 
but I, I want, I, I don't want this trend to continue of conservatives being kicked off social media websites. Racist, yes. Those who use it to organize in terroristic manners, yes. But a president who said potentially racist things, I cannot point you to a directly racist thing that he said, but I can tell you this, when the looting starts, the shooting starts was a very extreme statement that I almost am glad it was said on social media for the world to see so we could see what we were voting for. When I say, I don't want to say we, those who were voting for him could see who they were voting for. And they had to answer to every tweet that he said when they voted for him. Well, unfortunately, that didn't stop 74 million people. No, it didn't. So. It did not stop 74 million people from voting for him, unfortunately. But I want to see the dialogue. I don't want us to get stuck in echo chambers. I want us to continue to speak out against those who say fascist things or say things that are unacceptable, that they have to face direct dialogue back at them on social media, that someone will speak back to them. And that will give them less credibility in the world when they're getting shut down on a public forum. And to me, that's a real fight, is shutting these people down verbally, not canceling their accounts, but having dialogue that can be copy and pasted on the news and saying this exchange happened or this account said this. Uh, that's true. This is, yep. and, and I feel like it, it almost brings, the thing that Trump did that was so interesting is he brought, and I was, and I want to point to Charlottesville. I'm taking an interesting turn. Charlottesville to me was the scariest, most vile thing I've ever seen. And it was because that the KKK and the racists were no longer these men, these fat redneck white men that wore hoods on the weekends. It showed us that average everyday Joes who kept those feelings inside or kept them in their closet, as I say, hid it from the world, they were shown in the limelight. We can see that this exists in America. We got to tackle this. We cannot let the woman and people who are, women's life that was lost, people that were harms, harmed in that riot, we can't let their injuries and that life loss be in vain. We need to confront this issue. And these people look like average Joes. That way we need to make a societal change, not just minor incremental change in our communities. So to me, having that in the limelight allows us to see it and denounce it publicly and have a traceable denounce, have, have a traceable measure that we can say, see, this person acted this way. This person had this treatment. Don't be a, don't be a racist. Don't be a Nazi. Don't be a bad. Because you will, because someone will clap back at you in a public forum. So I'm not in favor of the mass censorship. Very good point, May. Um, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence. Like, I think it's good that, for example, the president who should be, to Dwayne's point, uh, doing the work for the people, um, you know, be silenced for a little bit while he cools the hell down. Yeah. Uh, but That's by the point. same, by, by, by the same, uh, I guess, uh, in the same discussion, I think it's important to see who we live beside, who our neighbors are. Uh, who are colleagues and coworkers, like what do they believe? Like, it's crazy. Like as someone with a military background, I see like a lot of military veterans 
getting, you know, like really reeled into these far right groups. And I'm like, wow, that is very embarrassing, but also like a failure, like, you know, to my very military brethren. And you, you were in there for how long? I was a reservist for six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. You know, you would think that the people who swore to defend the, the Constitution are the very ones that are seeking to completely overthrow a democratic process. Dwayne, any thoughts? Yeah, so my my thought is, you know, both of you make, you know, great points. Um, now, when I think about it, you know, having Trump's Twitter account, we were able to see some of his thoughts and some of his motives and some of his methods. Um, but I think it gets to a point where it becomes, it, it got to a point where there was no talking to the people. It was just like putting my messages out in the airway. It was like, well, where are your press conferences? Where are your, you know, where's your communication director? Like, what is what is the other communicate? How, how are you talking to people? And it's like, you're just throwing ideas at people. You're throwing um, false narratives and stuff, your own fake news at people. And so when it gets to a point where Twitter is your, your, um, your, um, your uh, primary form of communication, I think that's an issue. Like you should be directly talking to, you know, the American people. Um, but yeah, and it, I think there just needs to be some kind of checks and balances with that. Um, but yeah, it, um, you make a good point. Like we need to be exposing people. Um, so social media does, does help do that. I said we were going to do something fun, boys. I don't, I, I, my bad guys. It took a turn. It took a turn, gentlemen. You keep getting, you keep getting deeper into it man um but but you know at it, the it, it end of the day he's you know he's off twitter not gonna lie we'll miss seeing some of the outlandish things that he, he says um it, it'd be almost funny if it were in reality if this weren't an actual president you know <laughs> it would make for a good show or it, it would make for a good series if this wasn't this was a good show it lasted four years and this is the season finale um yeah, it, it was, you know, it's been real, you know, 2016 with um, <laughs> the, uh, the show, but the you know, show, show is over. So it must, it's not the show must go on. The show has concluded, gentlemen, um, you know, and with that being said, we covered a lot of great material today. Freddie, thank you for coming on. Freddie, how do you think? Freddie, yes. Today? And then Dwayne, I'm going to have you take us out, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, thank you, Freddie, for coming. Thank you for your service to the country. Yeah. Um, and so with that being said, y'all continue to be free and keep the drinks flowing. We'll catch y'all next time. Thank you. Thank you for having me.